All right, let's stand together for the first time in a while and sing Nothing is Impossible. The words are there behind me. Let's sing it out uh, very well this first time. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible when you put your trust in God. Nothing is impossible when you're trusting in His Word. Hearken to the voice of God to thee. Is there anything too hard for me? So put your trust in God alone and rest upon His Word for everything, everything, yes, everything is possible with God. All right, amen. You may have a seat. I'll let you sit there while we're mentioning some announcements. And again, service will be a little bit abbreviated today, but so glad to see you. Many of you have been faithful over uh, the drive-ins we've had the last few weeks. And I hope uh, able to watch uh, over the uh, online or however you've been doing. Appreciate it again so much, uh, Brother Jeremy and Chris. And this is being... Uh, videoed film for those who are not able to come out or not feel comfortable. So thank you so much for those fellows. I hope you'll let them know that very much. So let me just run over a few announcements. Some of these were up on the screen as you came in. You may have noticed some of these, so but just simply uh, mention them to you again. Our teenagers uh, are having a split activity this coming Saturday. We actually had our first activity this past week. We went on a hike, had a great time, got out there, enjoyed uh, the Green River down in Saluda and had a great time there. The Lord gave us a great day. So we'll have a split activity this Saturday. Guys, it'll be from 1 to 8 o'clock and the reason it's a little bit longer than the girls we'll be traveling down to Campobello South Carolina about an hour away and having a great time there with some other fellows from another church and then the girls are going to be from four to seven o'clock at our house with my wife and some ladies so uh, that's split activity we'll give you some more information about that but hopefully you can come out if you had no no inviting uh, we're keeping this group a little bit smaller here until we get back into it so don't invite anyone unless you uh, get permission from uh, one of us all right uh, keep in mind our seniors as you know uh, this is the last official week of school for for those here at Temple, and those kids are counting down their days. They've got about four or five days turning all their work, and then teachers have another week or so to get all the grades and finalize. We still are having our senior graduation. That will be in the building. That is not open, though, to church or uh, friends. That is only for family, and so there's very limited spacing on that. Each, each young person has about 10 family members that can come to that. I know many of you would like to come to honor our seniors, but that is closed, just keeping the numbers down because of the virus. So, But be in prayer for that. That is still on for Friday, May 29th. And that's our six seniors from Temple who will be graduating. And I hope you'll uh, keep them in your prayers. Along with that, as you saw on the screen, we are continuing to take the senior uh, offering for our seniors. We've got five seniors that attend Temple Baptist. That's Jenna, Riley, John, Jared, and Malachi. And so all the money that comes in for that or has come in, many of you already given. Maybe you've been doing that regularly. Maybe you haven't, haven't been able to. But anytime that comes in, just designate that senior class or however you want to do that, uh, seniors that are graduating. Make sure you put it's graduating. It's not just our senior citizens, all right? Seniors, I know sometimes we have our senior uh, thing like that. Those are our seniors, those five. And then during in August there, August 2nd, I think uh, it is, that we'll have a college shower. That'll be split for them because some of them will be heading off in August to different college locations. So I hope that you'll, and you probably notice they're passing out uh, invitations and different things as they finish up their senior year. Let me just mention a few prayer requests, and then I think Brother Tom's come back up there. Many of you do know, uh, perhaps through prayer chain, or maybe you don't know, but uh, Van Smith's dad, Willie, did pass away this week. 
uh, and that was early yesterday morning. Many of you have been praying for him. He's in his mid-80s and had an operation and just didn't uh, recover well from that. So he did pass away, did know the Lord. And so uh, pray for Van and their family and uh, over in the Knoxville area in these upcoming days. And then remember Brother Drew. Drew Betts is back in town. Talked to him yesterday. And as you know, he had some uh, stitches work uh, on his foot. And then it, had a, it, went toward, it wasn't getting better and had to go back in for antibiotics. And he said he's doing okay. It's just not healing that great where, it's, where the cut is at, some tendon damage, hoping to get back to work, but it's just difficult to walk on. So pray for Drew there. Reach out to him. I uh, just heard this right before the service. Let's remember Miss Mary Norton. Uh, her sister passed away, I believe, within the last two or three days. I had not heard that. I don't know any more information than that. And so remember Miss Mary. Some of you may be able to call her. Uh, her sister passed away, so remember her. And then finally, be praying about our uh, young people going to the Bill Rice Ranch. Now, the camp is still on for now. Many of the camps, it just depends on the state. I just heard from Servants Heart Camp. They are able to have camp, but they're a small camp. But they've had to take some really unusual, I was reading about what they have to do. Very, very strict up there in Pennsylvania uh, with their governor and the rules. So uh, Bill Rice Ranch is in Tennessee. A lot of Tennessee has already opened up. So uh, still not for sure, but as of now, uh, our week was bumped till July, so we are still planning to go with our juniors and teens. There is still room. We have reserved spots for juniors and teens. There's still availability for friends to go, but be praying about that because I think they're going to make a final decision in the beginning of June, and we still don't know about the Wilds camp here in North Carolina. That's a much larger camp, and so I'm not sure. So be praying for our camps especially, but especially our young people. Uh, Lord willing, we'll be able to go to the Bill Rice Ranch in July. All right, stand with me again, if you would, to sing He Leadeth Me. He Leadeth Me. Maybe you'll recognize this song in relation to what Pastor's been preaching, the series that he's been preaching. But sing with me, if you would, He Leadeth Me. He leadeth me, O blessed thought, O words with heavenly comfort fraught. Whate'er I do, where'er I be, hand that leadeth me. He leadeth me, he leadeth me, by his own hand he leadeth me. His faithful follower I would be, for by his hand he Clasp thy hand in mine, nor ever murmur nor repine. Content whatever lot I see, since tis thy hand that leadeth me. He leadeth me. task on earth is done, when by thy grace the victory's won. In death's cold wave I will not fall. 
Thank you so much for your singing. It is definitely a blessing to hear you guys. Actually, you may be seated. It is definitely a blessing to hear you guys sing because um, I'm so used to doing it here now quietly by myself recording, and it is just a blessing uh, to hear you guys sing. At this time, Jared is going to come and sing a special. strong in the Lord 
and rejoice for the victory is yours and rejoice for the victory is yours thank you jared how many enjoyed Alyssa playing the piano again amen Praise the Lord for her being back, and I'm so thankful for Jenna playing today, and Lauren has been playing for quite a while, and then I'm so thankful for everybody that pitched in, Chris Jury, uh, Jeremy Jones, and their wives allowing them to spend so much time helping us, and so thankful for that. The men last night who came and separated these, these rows a little bit uh, and cleaned up, Mrs. Ms. Sheehan uh, did a great job of, of cleaning up this morning. She came in early, early this morning, before the sun even came up, and uh, she was cleaning this, and so glad she could do that. Psalms 23, Psalm 23. Can I move this mic now? Is that okay? That was a joke. While we, it was kind of an inside joke, because how many of you noticed, maybe in the first video, um, it was up, and then all of a sudden, poof, it's down? It's because I moved it, and then forever, it's don't touch the mic. And so uh, now we touch the mic, so uh, we're here, amen? The Lord is my shepherd. And I believe he's saying it like this. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. What a great shepherd we have. The Lord is my shepherd. He's so good, I shall not want The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Remember we talked about how can a shepherd make a sheep lie down in green pastures? He's that good. He protects us and provides for us and takes care of us. We don't have to worry. There's no anxiety in us because he's our shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down on green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. And how important it is for him to lead us and to lead us by the still waters. And we looked at he restoreth my soul. And how important restoration is in our life. It seems as though we have a lot of rest in the past couple months. And we received a break, some of us, from school. Waking up early to have to come to school. Uh, From work, some of us. And we thank the Lord for that rest, but we also need restoration spiritually. And our shepherd gives us that. Then we come to the phrase we'll be talking about today. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And that's the title of this morning's sermon. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness... For his name's sake. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for this time that we can meet in your house. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to meet here this morning. Lord, I pray that you'll speak through your word this morning. Speak to our hearts. Thank you, Lord, for providing this Sunday for us to meet together. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. It is important to understand how bad sheep can be on a pasture. I mean, if, if you, if you, how many of you have ever been around sheep? Uh, some of you have been to a petting zoo. 
some of you have been to, uh, maybe you've even ventured off into uh, a pasture and seen a shepherd guiding or herding sheep. Some of you watch maybe the National Geographic Channel and you've seen that on TV. Uh, but it's interesting to watch the practice of the shepherd and, and how he leads his sheep. Uh, and it's interesting of, of where he leads his sheep, and, and there's different pastures. Uh, most shepherds don't have just one pasture. They have multiple pastures, and uh, they usually have guidelines or something that is separating them so that they don't overdo one pasture. They don't overfeed the sheep in one pasture. What happens is the sheep, if they're not rotated, the sheep will eat the grass down to the roots, and there'll be no more grass in that pasture. And so the, the, the shepherd has to lead that sheep to a different pasture when, when, the, when they see that they're, they're, it may be good for, to let this pasture grow a little more, more or less lead them to a different pasture. Now the sheep doesn't make the decision, the shepherd does. But the sheep have to follow the shepherd. So the only responsibility of the sheep is what? The follow the shepherd. Does that sound like the sheep has the easy life? Huh? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He's the one that leadeth me. Leadeth me. He's the one that determines the path I need to go on. All I have to do is what? Follow. That sounds easy. That makes the Christian life sound so easy, doesn't it? And yet we make it so difficult. And so complicated. I want to give you a couple different um, thoughts on that phrase, He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. The first thought is this God does not follow, God leads. And you're sitting there looking at me and saying, Well, duh, Pastor Creed. <laughs> We're in church setting, and, and you're in the pew, or the chair, I'm sorry. You're in the chair, and you're looking up, and you have dressed your best for Sunday morning, and, and it's easy to sit here and say, yes, God leads. He doesn't follow. But in our daily practice of our life, how many times do we say, I got this, God, I will take the lead here? It's true in my life. But God doesn't follow, God leads. God doesn't follow, God leads. He is our leader. Many times we may believe that, that God or God's word may be our good luck charm. Hey, we'll take the lead, but as long as we have the Bible with us, we'll have good luck. Uh, the Bible is not a good luck charm. The Bible is, is, is not a, a, a cookbook of recipes that you can uh, come up with a good recipe for life. No, the Bible is God's word. And it is our authority for our faith and practice. It is our foundation. We'll get there a little later on. But, but uh, George Foreman, in his book, God in, in My Corner, the former heavyweight boxer champion, writes, in 1974, before I went to Africa to fight Muhammad Ali, a friend gave me a Bible to take along my trip. He said, George, keep this with you for good luck. Now, I believed in good luck. I believed the Bible. But I also believe the Bible was just a shepherd's handbook, probably because the only verse I knew was, the Lord is my shepherd. 
But I was always looking for luck, so I carried that Bible with me. I had lucky pennies. I had good luck charms. So now I added the lucky book, the Bible, to my collection of superstitious items. After I lost the fight, I threw the Bible away. I never even opened it. I thought the Bible didn't help me win, so why do I need it? I thought I'd get power simply from owning it. I didn't realize that I needed to read it and believe what it says. Since then, I've come to understand that the Bible is my roadmap and not my good luck charms. We don't need a good luck charm as our Savior. We need the Savior as our shepherd. He leads us. We follow. He leads us. We follow. Now, in order for that to happen, we must, have, uh, we must understand this, this deep, deep thought. Now, I want you to get this. Are you ready? Get, get on your thinking caps. I want you to understand this. He is the leader, and I am not. <laughs> he is the leader, and I am not. Now, I, I understand that, uh, fellows, we're, we, we understand that God has given us a leadership role in the house. But in doing so, we are actually what? Following God, right? <laughs> we're following exactly what God gave us to do. So anytime that we might feel that we're leading in some way, it is a God-given responsibility that we're following him in. Is that understood? And so we are following. If God's the leader, then we're not. The moment that we try to assume leadership over God, the moment we try to assume leadership over God is the moment we get out of God's will. Is the moment we leave the pasture. We must see the acrostic of joy, right? It was joy. Jesus, others, you, right? That's not me. It's not I'm in charge. It's not all about me. It's about God. And when it's about God, when it's the saying, God, you're the leader, you're in charge, you're first, then it's not about me, then guess what comes second? Just as Jesus Christ, others come second. Jesus, others, you. Now this happens when we become addicts to drugs, alcohol, and pornography. Addictions, what happens when, that, when we do that? When we get into, involved in addictions, what do we do? It's all about us. We get that backward, don't we? It's us, and maybe then others, and then in the background, I know God's there. Maybe I'll go to him sometime. But it's all about us. We draw the circle around, and it's us in the center. This selfishness leads to a dry pasture. Turn your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 53. I want you to see this verse. Isaiah chapter 53. You, many of you know this verse. <coughs> it says, in verse 6, Isaiah 53, 6, all we like sheep. That sounds like Psalms 23, doesn't it? He's our shepherd. We're a sheep. He's leading us. All we like sheep have done not. We've gone astray. Now, what's the next phrase? We have turned 
everyone to his own way. What does that mean? We've tried to become our own leader. We've tried to become our own leader. When we, when we uh, forsake the word of God, forsake the leading of the Holy Spirit, we try to become our own leader. And then it says, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Thank the Lord for our leader, our Savior, our shepherd. What's next, Pastor Creed? I must be willing to trust the shepherd. So if, if God's the leader, he's not a follower, if God's the leader, then I must be willing to trust him. Turn your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, and this is a, uh, another familiar verse that I want you to see. For the Lord, uh, the Lord is our shepherd, I shall not want. Now he's going to lead us in the paths of righteousness. He doesn't follow us. The shepherd doesn't say, oh, the sheep wants to go there. Let's go over there. No, no, he's the leader. He's in charge. And I must be willing to trust him as a shepherd. He has promised never to leave us nor forsake us. We are commanded to trust the Lord. Proverbs 3, 5. Listen to this. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Oh, Pastor Creed, we know this verse. In fact, how many of you have one time claimed this verse? Yes, I have too. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Now, that may be easy to preach, but when it comes to practicing, the second part is the hardest. And lean not unto thine own what? Pastor, I just don't understand. That's okay. All you have to do is obey God. Pastor, I just don't know why this is happening. That's okay. <clears throat> we're just, we're, we, we've given the command to obey and to follow. He's the leader. We're the follower. Many of you are going through tough times that you don't understand. Many of you just lost a loved one. Uh, many of you uh, may, may have some financial struggles. And you just don't know why it's happening. I just don't, I don't understand, Pastor Creed. Bible doesn't tell us to understand our circumstances. All the Bible tells us to do is to follow him. He's the leader. That means we're not. In all thy ways, acknowledge him. <laughs> I don't know why this is in my life, but I know he's in my life. I, I know the shepherd. I, I can see the shepherd, and as long as I can see the shepherd, as long as I'm with the shepherd, as long as I'm in the presence of the shepherd and, and obeying the shepherd, all is good. It may not all feel good. Did you hear me? It may not all feel good. But in the presence of the shepherd... And following the shepherd, all is good. Next principle I want to give you. Where God leads you, or what God leads you to do, is always best. Did you get that? Where God leads you, or what God leads you to do, is always best. I want you to look at that phrase again. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. Where is he leading me? Where is he leading me? Where does God lead us? 
It's amazing how God has led our path. I believe God. I believe David is dealing with uh, with a, a um, foundational path that God is leading all of us to, the path of righteousness. To the path of righteousness. By the way, as Christians, we should never downplay righteousness. Uh, righteousness is important in life. Amen. The Bible teaches us to be holy uh, because Jesus is holy. A path of righteousness is not necessarily dealing with luscious grass or the sweetest water, but it's dealing with the right direction. Did you get that? He leadeth, he leadeth us in the right direction. It's the best for us. It's the best for us. How many of you have tried a different path than he leads you on? Huh? You've tried a different path. And you realized, that's not the best. That's not the best. Uh, children, your path is to obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. When you want to be your own leader and not obey your parents, that's not the best. And you'll soon realize, that's not the best. So how does he lead us in the path of righteousness? How do we understand the paths of righteousness? Two things, and they're very simple, but I want you to understand this. Because Christians, we forget and don't, we don't practice the simplest of things in the Word of God. But these two things, very simple, and I want you to get this. Are you ready? First of all, the Word of God. The Word of God. Uh, how many of you have the Word of God with you? Hold it up. The Bible. God's Word. <laughs> Forever, O oh Lord, thy Word is what? Established in heaven. Thank you. What a great Word we have. An eternal Word. I, if you just think about this, years and years and years and years and hundreds of years ago, people were preaching from the Word of God. People were studying from the Word. And guess what? Here in 2020, we can go to the very Word of God. And it's still changing lives today. Amen? And we have the Word of God. How do I know which way is best, Pastor Green? How do I know where he's leading me? Does it line up with the Word of God? Are you obedient to the Word of God? Are you obedient to the Word of God? You know, it's wonderful that He leads us. When He leads us, we understand that He's on the path with us. The leader is there with you, helping you. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And He's with us. The Word of God. Psalms 119, 105, Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a what unto my path? A light unto my path. Where are you going? What path are you on? Does it contradict the Word of God? Now, if it contradicts the Word of God, then you're saying, I'm leading and God, you need to follow. You got it backwards. You're not headed to the right direction. It's not best for your life. Then we see the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18, and be not drunk with wine, we're in his excess, but be filled with the 
Spirit. What does being filled with the Spirit mean? That means being controlled by the Holy Spirit. How do I do that? I must die to self, humble myself, and ask God to lead me by His Spirit. Ephesians 6, 17, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. Wait a minute. Wait, Pastor Cree, that's the Word of God. That's the word. It says right there in Ephesians 6, 17, that the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Why are you mixing the two? Here's why. This is why I believe they have that there. The, the, sword, of the, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, the Holy Spirit will never contradict God's Word. I, I want you to get that. Are you ready? The Holy Spirit will never contradict God's word. You say, what are you talking about, Pastor Creed? I'm talking about when somebody stands up in the middle of a service and says, I'm going to reveal the Antichrist. No, he's not. He can't. Well, the Holy Spirit told me. No, that's contradictory of the word of God. And so uh, we can't uh, stop using the excuse, the, the Holy Spirit led me, and it's away from the Bible and the Word of God and the principles of the Word of God because it's false. Now you're lying. The Holy Spirit will lead you to the Word of God. How do you know, Pastor Creed? Because the Holy Spirit is the author of the Word of God. He's the author of the Word of God. Why would he lead you away from the Word of God? The path of righteousness, the Word of God and the Holy Spirit is leading you to the Word of God. But, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And being led by the Holy Spirit, the Word of God puts us on the path of righteousness and it's revealed in our fruit. Did you see? Have you, have you studied the fruit of the Spirit? I'm going to read it slower. But the fruit of the Spirit is, what's the first one? Love. Love. Joy. Do you have joy? Peace. Long-suffering gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. And in that context, he's dealing with the law. And he says this, against such there is no law. When you are filled with the Spirit, there's no law to the consequence of the fruit of the Spirit. There's no law against that. And so we have the right path. Are you on the right path? The, the, the following was found written in the flyleaf of Evangelist Billy Sunday's Bible after he died. Let me read this to you. It's wonderful. 29 years ago, with the Holy Spirit as my guide, uh, as the Holy Spirit as my guide, I entered at the portico of Genesis, walked down the corridor of the Old Testament art galleries, where pictures of Noah, Abraham, Moses, Joseph, Isaac, Jacob, and Daniel hung on the wall. I passed into the music room of Psalms where the spirit sweeps the keyboard of nature until it seems that every reed and pipe in God's great organ responds to the harp of David. 
the sweet singer of Israel. I entered the chamber of Ecclesiastes, where the voice of the preacher is heard, and into the conservatory of Sharon and the lily of the valley, where sweet spices filled and perfumed my life. I entered the business office of Proverbs, and on into the observatory of the prophets, where I saw telescopes of various sizes, pointing to far-off events, concentrating on the bright and morning star, which was to rise above the moonlit hills of Judea for our salvation and our redemption. I entered the audience room of the King of Kings, catching a vision written by Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, thence into the correspondence room of Paul, Peter, James, and John, writing the epistles. I stepped into a throne room of Revelation, where tower the glittering peaks, which tower the glittering peaks, where sits the King of Kings upon his throne of glory with the healing of the nations in his hand. And I cried out, all hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall, bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. The Holy Spirit will guide you to and through the Bible, the word of God, because he is the author. He is the author. 2 Peter 1.21, For the prophecy came not into old times by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And we see the path of God is best. It's best. But I want you to look at that phrase in verse 3 again. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. Look at that last phrase. For his name's sake. God, I'm giving you all control. You're leading me. You're leading me in the best path. But what's the purpose? All glory and honor to God. If there is one thing we must understand, it is that we are to bring glory to God. We exist. Our existence is for God's glory. This church's existence is for God's glory. We're meeting here this morning not to defy a law, not to say, I got you. We're meeting here this morning to glorify God for his glory. And when we say, God, you're the leader, I'm on your path, it is for your glory and not my own. We're being led by the shepherd. It takes us to the destination that brings glory to God. Turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 12 and verse 21 when Herod tries to take the authority away from God. Tries to take the glory away from God. What happens? Acts chapter 12 and verse number 21. And upon a set day, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat upon his throne and made an oration unto them. And the people gave a shout saying, listen to what they say, it is the voice of a God and not of a man. <laughs> well, God put that theory to rest. Look at verse 23. And immediately the angel of the Lord smote him. Why? Because he gave not the glory, uh, gave not God the glory, and he was eaten of worms and gave up the ghost. God 
is serious about his glory. You with me? God is serious about his glory, which means he's serious about the pride that we have in our hearts, about the selfishness that we have in our hearts. The big picture of the relationship you have in this church with others is that God gets the glory with the way you treat each other. God gets the glory with the way we witness. God gets the glory with the way we give. God gives the glory with the way we clean. God gets the glory with the way we educate. God gets the glory with the way we preach, with the way we sing. God gets all the glory. We're on his path for his name, not ours. I can't help but think of the wonderful author named Fanny Crosby. 1820 to 1915, she lived and was blinded by an illness as an infant. And we know the story that there was a doctor who was trying to gather money, not really a doctor, and gave her family a concoction, and they put it on her eyes, and she lost her sight. She entered the New York School for the Blind by age 15. Before that, she was writing poems at age 6. She remained at the New York School for the Blind until uh, for 35 years, first as a student, then as a teacher. She wrote poetry um, from the time she was a young uh, infant, a six. Uh, a blind girl, she wrote, she wrote a uh, book called A Blind Girl and Other Poems at age 24. But Fanny Crosby is best known for her hymns. She wrote hymns, uh, 9,000 hymns in her lifetime, many uh, such as the All the Way My Savior Leads Me. Amen. All the Way My Savior Leads Me. And as many of you know, maybe her most famous hymn, Blessed Assurance. But there's one hymn that stuck out to me. She wrote, To God Be the Glory. You say, Oh, Pastor Creed. How can a young lady who lost her sight by the evil wickedness of a man say and write a song to God be the glory? Here's only one way. Are you ready? He leadeth her. He leadeth her. She doesn't lead her. It's not about her life. It's about him. To God be the glory, great things he has done. So loved he the world that he gave us his son, she wrote, who yielded his life and atoned, atonement for sin and opened the life gate that all may go in. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let the people rejoice. Come to the Father through Jesus the Son. Give him the glory. Great things he hath done. Oh, perfect redemption, the purchase of blood to every believer, the promise of God, the vilest offender who truly believes that moment from Jesus a pardon receives. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let the people rejoice. Give him glory, great things he has done. Great things he has taught us. Great things he has done. And great our rejoicing. Through Jesus, the Son, but pure and higher and greater will be.
our wonder, our worship. Listen, from a blind, young blind girl, she says, when Jesus we see. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let the people rejoice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let the people rejoice. Come to the Father through Jesus, the Son. Your shepherd, he's the leader. You're not. Let him lead. He will lead you in the paths of righteousness through his Holy Spirit and the Word of God. It will be best. His way is best. And he must get all the glory. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Is this true? Is this true of us? Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for this time and your word. Lord, help us now through this invitation. We give you all the glory and honor and praise. In Jesus' name I pray.